Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about women in construction with the help of special guest Jessica Bishop Smizer of Silent Rivers Design Build in Des Moines, Iowa. Alongside Tim Fowler, I am your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, Tim Fowler here and welcome to what I think is going to be an exciting episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Keep topics coming in, send them to me at tim at remodelersadvantage.com. I also wanted to mention that uh, one of the major programs at Remodelers Advantage is our production manager roundtables, and we're getting ready to uh, start a seventh roundtable. So if you are a production manager and you want to uh, kick in knowledge and experience and by getting together with some other production managers, or if you're a business owner that has a production manager that would uh, benefit from being in a group, get in touch with me. I'd love to talk with you about it. We're hoping again to kick that off in January. So ever since we've started this podcast, and I think it's about 170 episodes or so, one of our goals has been to highlight the role of women uh, in this industry. And, you know, there are a lot of women in the design side, the management side, a fair number of women that own the companies. Uh, but our uh, emphasis has always been on the production side of it. So, and it's really been exciting uh, to see the growth that's occurred uh, in our industry, particularly in remodeling. And we now have five uh, women in our production manager roundtables groups. And that's exciting to see the impact that they're having on their companies. Now, I think a lot of this evolution is from sort of a project manager role, and then they get promoted to production manager because of a, a skill set that maybe not every project manager has. So it's not an obvious jump. It's not, you know, if you're a great project manager, it isn't obvious that you make a great production manager, but in many cases, and I believe for many of the women in our groups, this has been uh, the case. So today we're talking with another uh, member of our production manager roundtables and her role in the business that she's in, uh, a lot about her journey to get to where uh, she is right now, and maybe even kind of a look towards the future and where she expects to go uh, in this business. So my hope is that everybody out there gets inspired. Uh, if you're a woman listening in on this podcast, uh, I want you to hear from some people that are knocking down some of the barriers. If you're a business owner uh, looking to bring more women into your business, pay attention, listen up, and, and see maybe how you can attract some people uh, to come in. So Steve, let's. Okay, Tim. So Jessica Bishop Smizer is with Silent Rivers Design Build, a company located in Des Moines and Clive, Iowa, serving central Iowa. She has held the role of operations manager for just over a year. Three years prior to her current role, she was contracted to build, develop, and as a manager of small, medium, 
projects in a division of Silent Rivers. And before that, she had worked with the company's owner for over eight years managing property development projects. Jessica says, at Silent Rivers, we are a team. So any accomplishment I made is really a result of the team. Silent Rivers is known for thinking outside the box, for setting or pushing standards, not just in design, attention to detail, but to also be a catalyst for positive change in the industry of remodeling. There's a strong female leadership team, and they believe it is what the person brings to the table, not their gender. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Happy to be here. It's an honor to be able to represent women in construction and uh, spend a little bit of time visiting with Tim and yourself. All right. So here we go. So um, the intro gave us a little bit of an insight into Silent Rivers, but just give us a little bit more about what Silent Rivers Design Plus Build is in terms of maybe some of the team and just uh, maybe the volume of work you're doing and what the emphasis is. Sure. Uh, we're a design build firm. So we have in-house team of designers and we are a blend of uh, project managers and lead artisan model. Uh, we were born from the creative industry. Our owner started his career path in sculpture, industrial level sculpture. So we have a, a strong dedication to the craft that goes into every step of what remodeling is. And uh, we even have an in-house wood, uh, wood shop that we do custom cabinetry and furniture from. So this is a kind of a surprise question for you, but do you know where the name Silent Rivers comes from? It's a long story and the time between being refreshed on it uh, is, is vast in my experience with Chad. And so it, <laughs> everything with him is very esoteric and has a very deep meaning and works in conjunction in like all the levels of what he's involved in and in the community and what his wife is involved in. So I'm ashamed to say that I can't just regurgitate that for you right in the moment, but uh, nothing we do goes without meaning. So, yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's a great explanation. I think uh, the, the nature of the company and one of the things I respect about them is that depth, philosophical, emotional, all the kinds of things that go into that, that, uh, that statement. So, now, I've been talking a lot about production managers, and your title is operations manager. So just give us a little bit of a rundown on what that role at Silent Rivers involves. What do you, what do, you do either on a day-to-day -day basis or maybe even in that little bit bigger picture? Sure. So technically, uh, manage overall operations and responsible for the effective and successful management <laughs> of, of our company. Um, and every day, one of the things I love about the position is that every day is different. You know, some days it's really heavy on coaching the, the design team. Some days it's really heavy on strategizing uh, how we're going to tackle a backlog uh, that we have or a supply chain issue. Uh, some days it's, gosh, uh, we don't have enough hands and we've got heavy lifting cabinetry that needs to be loaded and I'm on the truck with the guys. So um, I, I really come at that overall operations and responsibility for 
success with a company um, from a servant heart. It's a see a need, fill a need um, with keeping the big picture in mind. Like I want the team to be focused on on their role, um, but have a direct line to the big picture. And then knowing that someone's got their back looking out so we don't end up with a left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing kind of situation within our company. So it really is a, I don't know if it's a bigger role or just a little different role than just thinking about the production side of the company. It's a more, maybe another term for some folks would be like a general manager that sort of is looking at all the aspects of the company and making sure they work together well. Sure, sure. At a four to five million dollar company, we're not quite big enough to have a separate operations and general manager. Um, So there are definitely some crossover and some blends and responsibility there because because of that. Um, that w- that hopefully we grow to uh, to be able to need both, and that that makes sense to make that transition. All right, so let's get down to your path, I guess you'd call it, since, since we're talking philosophically here. So, um, like, how did you get started in this? Uh, what I'm just going to say is a male-dominated world. It's just that's the the reality of it. And maybe another way to kind of ask this question is, when did it hit you that like, hey, I could I could make something of myself in this business, or this is something I would enjoy doing, or however you'd like to phrase it. When, when, when did that get started in your mind? Sure. Well, you know, it starts at home, like as a kid, really for me, uh, I come from a family of business owners, makers, fixers. I was blessed to know six of my eight great grandparents oh, having wow. Yeah. Uh, having very influential part, being very influential parts of my early childhood and in my parents' life. So that, um, non-disposable approach to, to life and home management was an innate in, in every experience that I had in, in the home. Uh, so fixing things and building things and repairing things was, you know, part of hanging out with my dad or hanging out with my grandpa or that's just what we did. Um, and, uh, my, my dad didn't have any boys. So, um, (laughs) he was blessed (laughs) with two girls. Uh, but I did have a lot of interest and I love spending time with him and, and my grandpas and my uncles doing those kinds of things. So exposure early on in my life to it as not weird. As it, you know, like it was just normal. My, my, all of my family male fixture, uh, fixtures in my life were, were very supportive. There was no, no, go run in the house and help, help grandma, you know, make cookies <laughs> or, you know, any of that. They were like, well, get over here, girl. You want in here, jump a crawl up under there with the engine, you know, yeah. we're just in the old, old farm truck today. So, um, wow. so, very, very lucky and blessed to be, uh, to grow in an environment at home that it wasn't weird. It wasn't, um, frowned upon. And then okay. that carried, that carried through to high school. You know, then I took shop classes or CAD classes. Um, and my small town, Iowa teacher, uh, he, Mr. Wilden was very supportive, um, would take extra time or, uh, allow me to be the one that he called on to show other people how to do it. You know, like the very inclusive approach uh-huh. to the classroom. Um, and, 
And that uh, carried through to my first job at Norwalk Hardware Store in in Norwalk, Iowa, where I worked with the owner and and Dominic was, um, you know, the old farmers would be like, where's Dominic? Right. And he's like, <laughs> you're not going to know what a lag bolt is. And <laughs> at, at, at 15 years old and he would, they'd go find him and he'd be like, Oh, Jess will show you. He needs blah, 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 blah. And, and, and that support, you know, that like, well, we're not, we're not just going to circumvent that, you know, she's going to help you and, and you're going to have to deal with that. <laughs> so yeah, this is really, this great. is really cool because you know, I, I kind of have this this vision that you know, we come to these things independently. You know, we're like, we're like, oh, I think I want to be a carpenter. You know, but I but I realized in your conversations that there's little things all along the way. It's family. There's a lot about family. But I made mm-hmm. a note. I made a note here. A, a teacher, you know, mm-hmm. and a teacher having an impact on you. And then mm-hmm. your first job in the hardware store that owner treating you like you had a brain in, in other words that you could actually do it yeah. as opposed to other things that happen uh in those first jobs where all you're doing is sweeping and you know hauling mm-hmm. and never never doing anything responsible so really really cool so so the first job was in the hardware store what would be the first job where you were actually like on in a construction job or a construction situation? Sure. Um, so that is a, a winding bumpy road okay. several years down the road um, from an education in equestrian sciences to almost a decade at principal financial group working with retirement benefits and reading legislation, turning it into math calculations. Uh, to being a stay-at-home mom in the middle of a recession, finding that she needs to get back out into the work field. And, uh, hey, one thing I like people know is that I'm handy. (laughs) 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 So um, I started, you know, seeing an opportunity where other single family, um, young families or single moms or elderly friends and family had to do list, honey do list that either they didn't have enough time for, or gosh, you know, like I, d- I don't know where to even start. Um, or, you know, my body doesn't work like it used to. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and, I know and, that one, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and golly, I hate to bug my family with it kind of thing and, and being able to help them. And so I started, you know, real small word of mouth, a handy woman business out of a see a need, fill a need. You know, I, I had lots of experience. I, you know, that, that saying, uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, uh, it was was really appropriate. But uh, what people often forget is the rest of it, which is uh, oftentimes better than a master of one. <laughs> <laughs> now I've never heard that, but I like it. I like that. Oftentimes better than a master of one. I love that. Good. Yeah. 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 So for me, it wasn't that I was like, oh, I want to be an electrician or I want to build furniture. Um, It was I have the skill set. I have the background. I have the tenacity and jumping in there and helping people and them finding value in it enough to build a business on it. So you had your own business doing 
the handyman, handy woman uh, type things for people that that go very well. It, you know, was very successful. I never had to advertise, had plenty of work for almost or better than 10 years. Um, I had a couple of uh, people in the construction industry who I would do contract work for. So when they had projects going on uh, that they had like a lot of middle ground needs, you know, not, not just sweeping or cleaning up, but you know, the electrician's done doing this, but I got to move this and my framers pulled off or, you know, those kinds of see a need, fill a need that I started with building a relationship with two of them, Chad and being one of them. Okay. And and then uh, spent time as needed contracted for, for projects. And over the course of the next 10 years, you know, that grew into more and more percentage of, of the work that I did. And uh, until I reached the point where I did leave my business and close it down to be a part of something bigger where uh, my reach and my influence and everything that I had learned could be put to use to reach more people and to um, make a difference in in the community a little bit wider than I could do by myself. And so you, you actually started as a subcontractor trade contractor for a couple of different remodeler builders and, and your current boss, Chadden was one of those mm-hmm. that sort of just, just kept growing until the point. Now, what, what, what was the point where he finally said, or you finally said, Hey, let's just, let me just work for you. Or he said, Hey, why don't you come on board as staff? What was the catalyst for that? Sure. Like I, uh, Steve mentioned in the bio, I had been contracted to grow and develop a, a small to medium project division for silent rivers they had primarily been design build only um and were wanting to diversify and explore that option and again see a need fill a need uh they said like hey what do you think about you know taking this on and seeing if it would work and i'm like that's a great opportunity and and we were very very successful at it (laughs) and so uh as it became more a part of normal course of business and um that became a the full-time relationship there uh covid last year had a really big impact on staffing and and people's personal evaluation of uh, family dynamics. <laughs> and That's a good so way we, to say it. <laughs> you know, and we experienced some change and uh, the person who was previously in this role needed to kind of shift gears on how they manage their own household, um, but saw a natural progression from developing and overseeing the team that I had built to, to just having that move into the rest of the team and fill those shoes, so... Okay. It, it, it's all evolutionary. It's no like, oh, here's the the switch. Yeah. We're gonna pull it. So yeah, that's really that's really really uh, fascinating. So again, the the main topic is women in construction, and yep. so I'm just kind of curious and be as honest as you can with us here. And the way I have it in my notes is, what are some of the stupid barriers that men put in your way? Now, a better way to ask this is, you know, what 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 have been some of the challenges? And again, because you're a woman in a male dominated world, and maybe there aren't any, maybe it's been a fairly uh, seamless move for you, uh, then that's fine too. But I'm just kind of curious what some of those challenges are. And then obviously the next step is like, how do we deal, how do we as an industry kind of deal with those challenges so that more and more women 
feel comfortable coming into this? Because I'm sure there are some women out there that may not, maybe not as assertive as you seem to be. And, and we may need to encourage them in as opposed to just, you know, them breaking in. So are there some challenges like that that you could share with us? Yeah, you know, there are many. I'm sad to say it. Um, it has not been an easy journey. And right. I would say that um, the most frequent occurrence of what happens is really subtle. It's the avoidance to work with me. It's the, I'm going to go talk to this other person, whether that be Chadden or the Dominic or, or the other team member on the job site who happens to be male, whether right. he's in the leadership role or not. And because um, they just avoid it because they don't have um, the mindset that I could be a, you know, competent in that role. Right. So, so without aggressively saying things or doing things. Um, and that's part of what makes it really hard is because it's not like in your face, right? It's not like, right. Hey, we need to address this atrocity or some big thing <laughs> that happened. It's, it's very subtle in the avoidance and the skirting and the maneuvering and posturing around to, um, not have to deal with a female on the job site or in a, in an authority or leadership or, um, a project manager, production manager role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, that's, that's probably the, the most frequent occurrence and really the, the hardest thing to address because it's so subtle. And because I suspect many people would go like, no, no, I, I, you know, I mean, no, it's not a problem for me. And yet right. they would still turn automatically yeah. to a, a, a male to ask a question, very much like your hardware store example, where they come in and they want to see the owner, right? Because they're the only one in the store that's going to know, you know, anything about what I need. So, um, right. yeah, so very subtle. Okay. So when it's subtle, it's hard to address. It's hard to, to get a handle on, but do you have any ideas about how businesses can address those kinds of things uh, if they want to, number one, attract more women to their business and or if there are women working, particularly on the production end. I don't I don't think you have the same issues. Maybe I don't think you have the same issues in design and administration and things like that, because those are more stereotypically women roles in businesses. But how, how can that, how can this be addressed? Do you have any ideas about that? Well, it is a subtle thing, but having a good relationship with your supervisor or your team really um, helps to address the the subtleties or, or when people are trying to do that. The confidence that you build with the team around you and then and your employer or direct report. So Chad in, for example, or Dominic or or my PMs that are on my team 
them having the confidence in me and the relationship and to be like, no, go see Jess. She knows what she's doing. Go, <laughs> you know, like just redirect that constant redirect, like that stonewall, like, no, we're not going to deal with you trying to avoid that. Uh, yeah. And then having the openness to, to hear it, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm really struggling with so-and-so getting to come to me on on whatever could you be a little bit more assertive about redirecting him you know like we're right. on the same team but i'm trying to help manage the the communication flow and keep it off of your plate so you know your your voice and echoing that for me and being able to have those conversations and knowing that the team around you uh is open open to that awareness and that support of each other uh so how you get there though, right? Because that's, that's in a, in something, you know, so part two of your question really is, is how other people could make a difference or make the environment more welcoming. And, um, it's not as bad as what it used to be, right? but my experience is that building relationships is where it all starts, you know, reaching out to networking groups like Remodelers Advantage or your local HBA and saying, hey, I have this skill set. I have this interest. I Who can you tell me that would be a good mentor to have coffee with and, and brainstorm and build that relationship with? And um, no different than, you know, you're, you're a banker or you're a sculptor and you want time with a, a mentor to, you know, how do I approach this next big thing? Or how do you coach me to be better? We, we all can benefit from coaches and mentors and having those in the industry already and reaching out to them and building those relationships is one of the most proactive things I think women who want to be in the industry can do. Yeah, I think, yeah, that, that's really good. I want to kind of flip it back over to the industry and, and just, okay, we've kind of been talking about it on a company-wide setup, but what about, I mean, how can the remodeling world, the building world, residential building, really open the doors? And I, I, when I was thinking about this, it feels like we're kind of waiting for the women to be more assertive and saying, can I be part of your world? as opposed to us being proactively opening the doors, inviting women in uh, mm -hmm. and, and training them. Because, you know, some women won't come with the experience that you have. They'll come with other experiences, mm -hmm. but maybe a little bit of training gets them into our world. Do you have any thoughts about how uh, now, just be aware you're changing the whole industry here. So just this is a turning point for all of us. So uh, a lot's resting on your response. But any ideas about how we as an industry may be able to open the doors a little bit to women, uh, particularly in those project manager, production manager, but also the carpentry roles? Yeah, sure. So um being part of networks like Remodelers Advantage and HBA, having a voice in those communities where other remodelers are hearing you um, and having a changing mindset. So instigating conversations when, you know, you're at an HBA meeting and conversation comes up around labor force, right? right? And, and what the labor force challenges are. And, 
and being the person or the representative or having the voice to say, you know, my experience, you know, uh, women have been very good at project management and production management, you know, you give the job description of a production manager, you know, organization, schedule management, you know, (laughs) material procurement and budget management. Like, is that the definition of a mom or a production manager? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, So, you know, being that voice to like open people's minds to, to think differently and plant seeds out. So when they leave that meeting or they go out into the world that they're not just dismissing that applicant or that conversation and, um, and, or maybe they're asking their circles like, Hey, I have a shortage here. Do you know of anybody? And, and maybe you're, you're talking to, um, the other females that, that work in your company or in your life who right. may know of somebody who has an innate interest or skill set that is a crossover because it doesn't really matter um, what arena those skills are being used, uh, whether it's um, in the household or in, um, in construction if you have a mindset for managing lots of moving parts, you know, and nurturing people and uplifting people and being a coach to other people, um, those soft skill sets cross over to lots of different platforms and arenas and, and construction is one of them and keeping that you don't just have to have 15 years of experience in construction only in order for them to be a good, good candidate. You know, I can teach somebody how to swing a hammer, right? right? It's harder to teach somebody how to, how to keep 20 jobs organized. right? So we, so as an industry, we just need to get busy bragging about the successful women and, and, and again, pardon a little bit of a stereotype, but but many times women do have personality traits and skills that go more with the management side of things like project management, like you mentioned, communication skills, organizational skills. They've exhibit they've learned them in other aspects of their world, whereas many times carpenters that become project managers that we think will become a production manager have never learned those skills. They just know how to build stuff. And yeah. So I think that that's kind of my, my comment on, on, on that. Yeah, I would agree. 100% um, being an advocate and in as many circles as possible and making it, um, not a a not thing that we talk about, right? Like it's not diversity doesn't just mean, you know, um, your background from a heritage standpoint, it also means, or a religious standpoint, it, it also has to do with, with a gender standpoint and having that voice out there that you embrace diversity in all kinds and what they bring to the table in the industry and in your world and your experience can be seeds of thought and the catalyst that starts to shift the gears and that 
bump that pendulum to go the other way and get people to be thinking about things a little bit differently. So when they're looking at candidates or they're networking and talking and looking at skill sets, they're broadening and opening their mind on, on how things cross over, not just how many years they've hung drywall. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? We've got to wrap this up. This has been absolutely incredible. Uh, and so I'm just wondering, I, I alluded to maybe, is there another step for you? Is I mean, I assume, you know, we're going to we're going to promote that you stay at Silent Rivers. You know, I hope Chad's <laughs> listening in on this. Uh, but is there another is there another step for you in this industry uh, within that within this company? Yeah, you know, I want to grow Silent Rivers. Uh, we have been around for 28 years and we have a really strong name in our community. Yeah. I would love that to grow to, you know, a region and national name and then uh, be at, uh, you know, chat inside helping to make that happen and, and being the voice out in the industry for, for change, not just in, uh, uh, you know, women in construction and diversity as a whole right. and and also in remodeling as an art form and and what it means in people's homes and spaces. Yeah, that that's fantastic. And and you were I'm glad you mentioned the diversity because, you know, many times when I go to national meetings, I'm walking around and there's very little diversity in the world that I see. Now, I know there's, there is some diversity out there, but the world that I see uh, very little. And so again, Steve and I have tried to bridge some of that through the podcast. And, and we hope that that message is getting through to business owners all over the country. So Jess, thank you so much for everything, for taking a little bit of time out of what's got to be a busy day for you uh, and a busy, just a busy life. And uh, we really, really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much for, for being that voice and another one out there in the industry supporting women in construction. Thank, Thank you, you, Jess. This was awesome. Take care. So Tim, uh, again, eye-opening, informative, yeah. everything. Jess is just so impressive in many ways and hopefully continuing to have this discussion around. Yeah. I, you know, I was just focused in on like, I had I had misconceptions about her uh, background and and I I guess I had heard it before, but like I don't know if everybody else heard it, but equestrian science, like what's that got to do with remodeling? And then financials, you know, I know that has something to do with running a business, but you know, the production side of stuff, and then stay-at-home mom, you know, it's just I think the point that she made later in the in the podcast about all these things are places where she's learned skills that really make a difference when you get into that management role. You know, the um, organizational skills, the people uh, connection skills, all of those things are what make a really good production manager, in her case, operations manager, and will take her a long way. So I was thinking about it from the standpoint that if I was a business owner looking for a production manager, I'm not advertising for somebody that's been in the business for 10 years and has their own tools and, you know, any of that. But I might be looking like equestrian science, some degree 
you know, they're totally obscure to our business, but the person has had life experience that brings, uh, you know, them that ability. Now, Jess comes with some extra because she was in the business. She can handle a hammer and a saw and that kind of thing. So she brings that a little bit of extra, but I think what she emphasized for us most was that's not what makes her good at operations manager. It's these other uh, soft skills. Yeah. And Tim, one thing I want to add in my, you know, observation of this awesome podcast is that, um, you know, a lot, we have had a number of women on here and this change doesn't happen. And right now go hire a woman. This change happens step-by-step and you see in Jess's life of the family, the teacher, and the hardware store employer (laughs) who never let someone kind of let gender be a part of her participation and didn't allow people. And that's the, it's the really small things of not allowing someone to bypass her, you know, and to step up. It's these steps that happen and the awareness of it all and not just you know, these big let's shift now. No, it's these steps along the way of, you know, helping them along and and not being a part of, you know, by. And I think the other thing, the other thing that's a big, you know, thing for me is I asked that question about, you know, how the stupid males kind of get in the way. (laughs) And the answer was the answer was it's subtle. Yeah. And you know what? The problem with subtlety is that most of us that are just charging ahead, we miss it. Yep. And so in some, in, in, in every way possible, business owners, managers in companies, lead carpenters, project managers that are out there, pay attention yeah. to the way you treat, I'm going to say minorities, women in this case, but other minorities in our business, because sometimes we don't ever know that we're doing something that comes across as offensive or um, as putting them down. Not not even offensive, but just putting them, dismissing what they bring. And so pay attention to the way you treat people because it does make a huge difference. And obviously, Steve, like you said, the teacher, the hardware store owner, uh, her her uncles, you know, her dad that just were always open to the fact that she was equal on every level and that she could deal with whatever people brought to the table. And again, just, just pay attention because I don't think we understand how we come across to people in some ways. Yeah. I think it's that combination, Tim, of intention, you know, intention to make a change, but the awareness along the way to let the change happen. So this was absolutely fantastic. We want to thank Jessica for joining us today. We want to thank all of you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. And remember, folks, and this is a great example of it, this show is all about helping you to eliminate that nasty phrase, it is what it is, from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.